everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 51. I'm your pal Val. With me is the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be back. I took my little break for about a month or so and kind of disconnected myself, but uh, I'm very happy to be back. We're really glad to have you. And then also, uh, hold over the man, the myth, the legend, King NASCAR Logan. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? Doing great. And for anybody new to the show, this is NASCAR Radio. This is where NASCAR and NASCAR trading cards meet the number one NASCAR trading card podcast in the world. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, we got a good show today. We're going to talk about last week's winners, highest finishing rookies, and their trading cards, as well as the 1990 Max set. And if we have time, we'll talk about NASCAR news. We got a little bit of team shakeups in NASCAR and maybe what that might mean for their trading cards. But gentlemen, let's start rolling and uh, let's get into last week's races. We had two double headers. I don't know what I was thinking last week, but we had two on Saturday and two on Sunday. The Nat and we'll go to the Camping World Truck Series with race number 13. That was the 12th annual RCR Brackland 150. That was Saturday, June 26th at Pocono Raceway. Uh, one of the only racetracks that I know of that only has three turns, no four turns. Tricky triangle. That was a that was a good race, and our our winner was John Harner Nemechek. He is starting to I don't want to say run away with it. I know the season's long, but um, they've only got I think two races left until their playoffs. So uh, they they get ready to have some large time off between uh, weeks, whatever between races. But and our highest finishing rookie was. Carson Hokovar. I think I got it right this week. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. <laughs> it only took me uh, 13 weeks, but I got it now, I guess. And so um, if you've been listening to the show at all the last couple of weeks, uh, John Harnuchek and his cards, no surprise. And Jason will know this one. Uh, his cards are in 2016 you certified. Beat me to it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 2016. I feel like everybody has a rookie in that set. I'm telling you, that's 2016 certified. I, it's, I think it's about $80 a box now. Uh, when we talked about it, it was about $40 a box. Uh, still actually pretty good. I think you get two autos and two memorabilia cards as well as the parallels. So, and speaking of parallels, uh, there's probably about 15 different type of parallels uh, in that set. Or I, I take it back. I guess there's about 10. And then there's also parallels with the signatures. So that's where I got that, that 15. But uh, you have like the mirror gold number to 99 and orange 99, red, blue. They all um, decrease from um, that 99, uh, the gold, purple, green, black 101s and the potential signatures. So you can get plenty of autographs in those certified products as well as uh, Panini Prism. He has uh, no base cards, but he has the memorabilia, the fire suit fabrics, as well as about 10 driver signatures and parallels. And then also base cards in Panini Torque. Uh, that's that's a blast from the past. I forgot about that Torque product. And there's a bunch of parallels in that and signatures. So that's John Hanumichek. I think, what's that, like win five or six for him? So he's on a roll, but then, you know, he's in that good equipment, Kyle Busch Motorsports. So Carson Hukvar, uh, he has no cards. So, you know, maybe in Chronicles. Oh, and also anybody listening, the Chronicles date has slipped to July 16th. Uh, it was, I think, end of June and early, and then it was like July 9th. And now it is the 16th. And if it keeps on slipping. It'll slip right till the national. So we'll see. As long as it doesn't slip past the national, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> They, they better not. They're uh, they got two two upset folks anyway. With with at least uh, me and Logan there, um, looking forward to Chronicles this year as well. Can't so. be a coincidence. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that was planned, but uh, I re I haven't really seen any drivers tweeting out pictures well, of you know when they they sign the cards and they'll pay, take picture pictures and put it out on social media. But right, I think it's one of those things where they're probably either waiting for something. Or, you know, something took forever to get returned or they just realized the timing and wanted to push it back. I mean, it's not like it's a baseball or football product where there's 30 things going on. You know, this is one of five or one of four for the year. So, um, and when you say that, it may, yeah, yeah, maybe it's tied to the Jeff Gordon. So Jeff Gordon was announced that he was going to have cards right. and everything in there. So uh, and it could be tied to that. So we will see. Maybe we can find out. 
Uh, one of the guys will talk and see what the slip is. But anyway, uh, John Harnivichek, yeah, he's got five wins. Ben Rhodes has got two. So, so like I said, there's two races left before the playoffs. The playoffs start at race 16, which is August 13th. Our next race will be at Knoxville Raceway. That's the Corn Belt 150 presented by Premier Chevy Dealers. That is July 9th. So nothing this weekend. So we'll uh, no truck race this weekend, July 4th weekend. So uh, the stages for that will be uh, 15, 30, and 60 laps for 150 miles. And like I said, that will be July 9th. So we'll remind you about that next week. Moving over to Xfinity Race. That was race number 16. That was the 6th annual Pocono Green 225 recycled by J.P. Mascro and Sons. That was Sunday, June 27th. Austin Cendrick was our winner and our top finishing rookie uh, at the number two spot. Dun, dun, dun. Ty Gibbs. <laughs> yep. My kid. Thought he was going to win that there. I think if there was another couple of turns, he, he might have won that thing. I heard I missed that race, uh, but I was following it, and they were talking about how he made up a lot of ground those last three laps. But yeah, he found, he found something. He, he, he was taking a different line, and he, uh, he he like I said, if he'd had a few more laps, he, I think he'd have caught him and passed him. So that, that was kind of the takeaway on that. So uh, we've talked about Austin Cedric and Ty Gibbs quite a bit. So uh, Austin Cedric, his cards are in 2018. He's in the 2018 Donruss Phenoms in that. That's that insert set. 2018 Panini Certified. He's got base parallels there as well as mirror as parallels and mirror parallels in Certified. And then in 2018 Panini Prism, he just has signatures. And then 2018 Victory Lane, he's got base parallels printing plates. And then the three different signatures in Victory Lane. Also, Cedric, he's um, he's putting on a pretty good show in the Xfinity series, and of course, he's just kind of, I guess, preview into 2022. You know, this Rumblings, he's on the contract with Penske, so you know they're, they're talking about either him going to Wood Brothers and Matt D and Benedetto being out. But I've been hearing rumors that maybe Brad Keselowski is going to be part owner of Roush Fenway, so it's possible that. Austin Cedric just runs or gets jumps right into Penske. So uh, this is one of these guys that is going to be with a good team next year that's running the Xfinity Series. So, you know, if you're looking at collecting somebody or maybe prospecting, uh, I don't know how, how his prices are right now, but he's got four wins in the Xfinity Series, and I believe he was the champ last year as well. So, And then with Ty Gibbs, we've talked about him that, He's running in fabulous equipment. Kid's got, I don't know, ice in his veins. He has no fear. Uh, no he, fear. He does. He's he's just like any anybody that age. I mean, think about it. When you were that age, you you were invincible. I know. I thought I was. You know, and, and so you know, he he has no. He, like I said, he has no fear. So you know, good good for him. He's got and he's got the talent. Yeah, I'm just looking up his his average finish. Oh, he must have slipped. He's four point five. <laughs> Oh, wow. So he's got, I thought he had more than two wins. He's got eight races, two wins, seven top tens, or actually I should say seven top fives out of eight races. So that's pretty impressive. And Ty Gibbs rookies can be found in 2020 Panini Chronicles. And if you remember, uh, Chronicles is one of those products where it's filled with lots of sets, uh, small sets. So he can be found in the Crusades, the Phoenix, Score, Spectra. And so in Crusades, in each one of these sets, there are multiple parallels to them. So like in Crusades, he has a base. There's a hollow version, blue version, serial number to 199, red to 99, purple to 25, gold to 10, gold vinyl, serial number to 1. There's also the autographs in Crusade, number to 149, the gold number to 10, and the gold vinyl, uh, serial number to 1. Over in Phoenix, his base card, hollow version as well. Blue, nine, numbered to 199, red to 99, purple to 25, gold to 10, gold vinyl to 1, and as well as autographs. Also serial numbered to 149, gold to 10, and gold vinyl to 1. Kind of the same thing with score. There's a blue version, numbered to 199, a red to 99, purple to 25, gold to 10, black, 101, autographs. There's an unnumbered version, 
green to 199, purple to 25, gold to 10, and black 101 for the score autographs. Spectra, there's a few versions that no autographs, but that's that thicker card. Uh, you get two Spectras per box. Uh, there's a neon green, serial number to 49, red mosaic to 25, gold to 10, emerald pulsar number to five, and nebula 101. And then he's in 2020 Panini Prism, but only for the signatures with scripted signatures. There's an unnumbered version. And then you have Silver Mosaic, the 99. I won't go through them all, but uh, they go uh, from basically from 99 down besides the unnumbered. So uh, Mosaic, green, pink, red, and blue. Blue and Carolina, rainbow, green, yellow, uh, white, gold, black. So that is where you'll be able to find Ty Gibbs rookie cards in 2020 Panini Chronicles and also signatures only in the 2020 Panini Prism. Uh, the next Xfinity race is this weekend. It's race number 17. That's at Road America, the Henry 180. That's Saturday, July 3rd at 2.30. And the stages are 10, 10, 25 laps for 180 miles. Uh, and I think, Logan, this is the first year that the July race is not at Daytona, right? That or is correct. Year. Yeah, it's, it's going to be kind of weird. Uh, there's no no July race at, at, at Daytona because you know it used to be you had the Firecracker 400 in Daytona every year. You know they there when they first started it they uh, they actually had it on July 4th. So if July 4th was on a Wednesday, you know that's the day you went to see the race. But then you know as time went on, they kind of you know pushed it towards you know, like like we do the holidays now and uh, you know made, made it on the closest Sunday. But yeah, it's going to be kind of weird, but. It, Road America is, is a cool course. So, so you know, this is one of those things where NASCAR is kind of changing things around where Miami uh, was the last race. Homestead was the last race of the year for the playoffs. And this year it's going to be in Phoenix. So NASCAR is definitely changing the schedule around and, uh, you know, making some things new again. So, so that is the Xfinity series. And then we had two cup races. Uh, we had... Uh, on Saturday, July 26th, we had the 40th Annual Pocono Organic CPD 325. That was a very interesting race. I was going to say about being three turn, three corn, three corners on that track. Uh, Kyle Larson could have used one, just one less. Uh, he was dominating most of that race and blew a tire the last corner of the last lap before the finish line. He was running Alex Bowman really hard those last few laps since they're teammates. He raced him clean and made wait, waited for Bowman to make a mistake and passed him and then just took off. But uh, when he blew that tire, he actually came in ninth um, with with that tire going down. But Alex Bowman won the race, uh, followed by Kyle Busch, William Byron, Denny Hamlin. And our highest finishing rookie was Chase Briscoe. And then we've talked about Alex Bowman before. His cards are in 2014. That was Press Pass, American Thunder, and Press Pass Redline. There's a few different uh, parallels for those. He has base cards in both of those issues, as well as autographs. And then there's the Brothers in Arms autographs as well. Those are kind of serial number low. His autographs in the American Thunder, 25, 10, and 5 for the autographs. And then for Redline, uh, 50, 25, 15, and 5. So autographs are tough for him in his rookie year. Uh, the other ones are uh, the parallels from his base cards aren't as bad. So and we've talked about him before where he was in for 2014. Uh, he raced for a while. Then he kind of disappeared. I think he was working with Hendrick and doing working on simulator and stuff like that and then got a chance to ride i believe he had his contract extended this year as well so yeah he did so uh, alex bowman doing well and uh, his card so he's going to be around for a while and then our second race number 19 48th annual explore the poconos mountains 350 that was sunday june 27th kyle bush was the winner of that one and a highest finishing rookie, yeah. Highest finishing rookie was again Chase Briscoe. So, uh, Kyle Busch getting it done. You know, he's getting it done in truck, getting it done in Xfinity, getting it done in Cup. Yeah, and he broke the uh, the Hendrick streak finally. 
<laughs> That's true too. <laughs> We've talked about Kyle Bush quite a bit. 2004, multiple issues uh, with his rookie cards that year. There was no secret that Kyle Bush was, he was a hot rookie back then. Yep. Collect Kyle Bush rookies. Yeah. Like we talked about last week, you know, I don't think people realize what's, you know, what's happening, right? When you see, you, you can't, you don't have that, you know, step back and, and see what's going on uh, to see, you know, how good he really is. Kind of like when Jimmy Johnson was winning all those races and the five championships in a row. I don't know if that will be beat. I don't know if somebody else like Kyle Busch will come along, you know, winning all in all these different series. So, yeah, when Jimmy won those five uh, championships in a row, I call those the dark years. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I don't want to say NASCAR called it the dark, dark years too, because they were changing they had the playoff format. They were changing the play, playoff format. I remember the All Star race where, not to talk about Jimmy Johnson, but with Chad Knauss winning, they made it so that if you won one stage, then you could you would be in that last one, and so nobody thought about it. But you know, Chad Knauss did for him for Jimmy Johnson to just lay back and not risk the car or anything else. Uh, and so, so now they take an average of how you finish in those stages because of what Chad Knauss did. So uh, they they were just you know clicking on all cylinders. So, but uh, with uh, Kyle Busch, uh, he's in Press Pass. He's in Press Pass Optima, Stealth, Trackside. And the wheels high gear. And Logan, what would we say about high gear? Those things are notoriously off center. So you find buy, one centered, you find one centered, <laughs> buy it. Isn't the press pass the one that had the background variation? Or was that yeah. something else I'm thinking? No, about? very good. That was that was the base press pass. Uh yeah, there's infield and the tracker in the background, and there's a version without that. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. I, th- I thought That's it was pretty thought. Yeah, and I thought it was pretty cool that they did that with his rookie. So um, it, Martin Truex has got something like that. And I think it was maybe in trackside where there's a variation where the uh, somebody's got a, a lanyard or a pass on them or don't have them on their shirt. So it's cool. I like when they do those variations. It gives a little collecting chase, you know. So I'd like to do this live. Is 625 a good price for the high gear if it's centered? I think so. That's so the high gear was a high was a high end product, right, Logan? Uh yeah, sort of. I just bought one on Palm C for six twenty five, and uh, there were two that were centered, and the other three or four were not. So I figured I would get it while I could. Yeah, those cards the they grade tough. If you get them graded, they they're, they're, they they grade very harshly. I don't even. I don't. I hadn't even looked at the PSA population. I. I don't believe there's any tens in that. No bueno. But yeah, the the Kyle the Kyle Busch rookies. They're not too bad price wise. They're all under ten dollars. You know, for base inserts and some parallels. And again, if you can find some number stuff, uh, I, it still amazes me how cheap the NASCAR cards are. Uh, I was telling Logan before that there was um, some soccer cards from last year that are going for $40, $50. You know, and the print runs like 2000 and whatever it is. But compared to NASCAR, you know, you, you're talking about a first-round Hall of Famer and somebody <coughs> who's doing, is doing st- stuff that, you know, no one's done before. What we say, Logan, he won 100 just in the Xfinity Series alone? He's the third, only the third driver in any of the top NASCAR series to win a hundred races or more. The only other two are of course, Richard Petty and uh, David Pearson. So that professing cup, but still that anytime you can win a hundred races in any major touring series, that's a big deal. And I think it helps that you put it in perspective with the other two drivers. Cause when you hear those names, you're, you, you kind of know what you're getting with those people. It's kind of like, what you would do with baseball or football and do those comparisons and people right away know like, okay, that's a big deal. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So he's got 59 wins at cup, 100 in Xfinity and 61 in truck. It's just incredible. We just, you know, David Pearson, who's second only to Richard Petty at one Oh five in the cup series. And then to be doing this. And we talked about it last week where, you know, he swept the whole weekend you know, the truck, the Xfinity and cup, I think he's only done it a few times, but you know, that's really impressive. I know he's might be going against some lower talent, but you know, 
a lot of things can happen. You can blow a tire last turn. There's you know all kinds of stuff. So yeah, you know, go, going back to the uh, wheels high gear rookie card, it, it, there are no PSA tens. There's only one PSA nine, and there's only been three total cards graded in that. That's to me, that's amazing. And I don't, I don't think I have one graded actually. I've got some in the PSA now, but. Uh, you know, hoping I get him back soon. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I have gotten any of those graded. I think um, I had gotten a good deal on some blasters, but when I opened them up, you know, like we've talked about before, they were off center. So, but I don't think you can go wrong with Kyle Busch. I, and I know it's one of those things where you know you either love them or hate them. And sometimes in the NASCAR community, when you start winning a lot, people don't like you. Uh, he definitely gets his shares of booze, and I think he he actually thrives off of some of that negativity just to prove everybody wrong. Uh, you know, he takes that bow, and uh, you know he's 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 good. Yeah, good well, I think I think the way he looks at it is you know, at least they're responding to him. You know, whether it's positive or negative, there's something to be said for that. You know, and, and you know, talking about him in Cup, I mean, he's ninth ninth on the all time win list. I mean, NASCAR started in 1948. And there's, I think, a hundred. There's like a hundred. Oh gosh, is it like a hundred and ninety? There's over a hundred and ninety. Only a hundred and ninety people have ever won Cup races. It's I forget what the exact number is, but uh, that's that says a lot. I mean, he's and he's he's got a lot more left in him. So, but he's got a ways to go because Dale Earnhardt, I think, is next on the list at seventy six. So yeah, I mean, you say that, and you know, he is thirty six, and he's been running since. You know, in Cup since 2003, actually 2004. So, and he was 19. He's just, you know, he's still got some years left. So it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up, if he can, you know, get another championship or whatever. So he's got two wins on this season. Last year was probably, you know, I wouldn't say a great season for him because he had that one win, which came late in the season, I believe. But they seem to have turned it around this year so. You know, like I said, he's going to be instant Hall of Famer, and they will be talking about him for years. So, uh, next race is race number twenty at Road America, the Jockey Made in America two fifty. That's two thirty p.m. Sunday, July fourth. Stages are fourteen twenty nine, sixty two laps for two hundred and fifty miles. We practice on Saturday, qualifying on Sunday, and their playoff picture so far uh we i'm not going to go over all the winners but the first driver on points is position 12 denny hamlin kevin harvick austin dillon tyler reddick kurt bush has now moved up over the line and outside looking in chris busher daniel sorez ricky stenhouse jr and bubble wallace matt diabenedetto has dropped off the list here yeah i'm sad about that yeah, but you never know. One win gets them in. So any of these drivers below that cut line, that win, uh, it kind of shakes up everybody else. So, But that is last week's winners, highest finishing rookies, and their trading cards. And then moving over, we'll talk about the 1990 Max set. This was Max's third set. Uh, I think they had a three-year exclusive. So in 1991, the market would get flooded with many makes. But this was their last hurrah, I would say. Um, and it's kind of like right on the edge of the junk wax. I think they saw how popular errors and variations were were working for baseball. The 1989 uh, Upper Deck had some variations. 1989 Fleer had lots with the Billy Ripken uh, and driving prices. 89 Upper Deck, like I said, with uh, the Upside Down. It was the Upside Down SS, the shortstop, whatever, Gary Sheffield. And, of course, the reverse negative, Dale Murphy. But uh, Max, they actually ended up issuing three different versions or three different print runs, I would say. Yeah, they uh, they had they had three different three, three different printings, um, you know, and they corrected. You know, I'll, I'll put this in air quotes. They corrected errors in each one of these printings, but you know, they did they did make the boxes 
different and the packaging different. So you knew uh, when you bought a particular box of cards or a factory set, you knew exactly what you were buying. So, you know, I'll give them kudos for that. Yes. Let me ask before you guys go any further, just because I am younger than you, both of you. So probably not as aware of things in 1990, 91, like you guys buy but it seems like with Max, especially that's the ones that I've been on the show when we've talked about, there's always multiple print runs. And I get that there are things that they're correcting, but wouldn't you, is this back when it was just print, print, print as much as it's selling? Or are they legitimately concerned because there are errors and the, and the owner is just thinking, I want to fix this? Or is this just print, print, print because it's selling or both? I think it's both. I think it's the first. I think it is. They are direct selling. Uh, they have the Max Fax membership where you get direct access right. to buy stuff from the club. And I think at that point, people were buying stuff like, okay, I'm going to buy and put these away for my kids to pay for them, pay for college. You know, they would buy multiples of each different print run. And that's kind of what gets me scared now fast forward to today where everybody's buying you know all these factory sets like tops putting out all these factory sets or all those retail wax and stuff like that and where everybody's hoarding it and then when everybody try if everybody tries to sell at the same time you got an issue so uh we talked about it in in 89 they were direct selling through their through their own distribution and then 1990 they were still doing the same. So they started with this max fax and the volume one, number one is May, 1990. And it says that the 1990s are released. The newest edition of the max race card family has just hit the market. The 1990 set consists of 200 different cards featuring star card drivers, owners, crew chiefs, and members of the all pro first team and action shots from the 1989 season. The 1990 cards kick off the third consecutive year Max has produced a set of cards, and we think it's the best-looking set yet. Now, these are black-bordered with this neon ribbon kind of around it. The backs are yellow, and one of the things that I've seen, and I don't know if I've seen since, is that there is a a, a white bubble in the back where you, it's perfect for getting them autographed. Uh, it's a yellow background on, I think, right. white text right. or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and I guess there was a bunch of, I don't call them parties, but card shows or where they had the drivers come in and doing autographs and they were massive. They had their own, you know, race shows. Logan, did you go to those? No, they were, they were too far away from me. Okay. They, they were, they were actually in your area. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wish I would have collected back then, but it says the newest edition has a black border with a glowing tube effect in green, which surrounds the picture and nameplate. Originally, green neon ink was to be used inside the tube since neon seems to be the hot item this year in racing. And I guess because um, was it the Melio car um, and you had Days of Thunder and all yep. that other stuff going on. Yep. Uh, let's see what it talks about. How since it takes about eight weeks for all the printing, cutting, collating, and packaging that needs to be done, the cards went to press the 1st of February, well before the Daytona 500 by going to press so early. Several of the drivers are pictured in their 1989 uniforms. It was either that or wait until June to have the cards ready. Now there's a nasty rumor that the update set will appear late in the summer for those drivers who have new sponsors, but the fact, but, but so far, nothing official. Don't worry. Club max members will be the first to know if it happens. So that was May of 1990. I remember when those came out, the only place besides a couple hobby shops here in my town that had those cards was family dollar stores. And, uh, you know, they would get like a box or two, you know, in these, in these family dollar stores. So, uh, back then, my wife and I, when they came out here in Memphis, we went, we literally went to every family dollar, which I think at the time was probably about 15 or 16 stores and bought everything they had. Oh, it gets better. Now, think about this. This is May of 1990. My son was born in April of 1990. 
So we, we decided to go to the next closest big town to Memphis, which was Little Rock, which is like, you know, a couple hours from here. So we packed up one, one day, one Saturday. Uh, my son is literally, you know, uh, just an infant, just um, probably not even a month old. And we are going to Little Rock by going to all the family dollars in Little Rock, looking them up in the phone book and buying every single max racing card we could find. <laughs> so you can see why my son, for those of you who don't know him, he's a uh, Tyler sports guy. He, you can see where he gets his love of collecting because he, he was indoctrinated very, very early. Very early. Uh, we were talking about the variations. Uh, there was the second issue of the Max Facts, which was eight, August of 1990. They talk about the variations. Several cards in the 1990 Max race card collections is now being revised. A total of four errors and four variations. By the definition, an error card contains a mistake that has been corrected, a variation is a card containing no mistakes, but which has been modified slightly. All eight cards were affected. Four cards were changed for the second printing. The other four were changed for the third printing. No further corrections or variations are planned for those immediate future. The list of eight cards will, with the original mistakes and the correction on variation pair on page three. Uh, they talk about the mistakes and that it cost them uh, let's see the embarrassment resulting from making the mistakes and the attention focused on the mistakes by having to correct it far away any possible gain. We lose credibility, confuse folks, and we slowly understand the, the more confused a collector gets, the less likely he is to buy cars. Not to mention that for every revision, no matter how tiny, it costs Max several thousand dollars. Believe us, it's not worth the time, trouble, and expense to purposely make mistakes. We have a hard enough time as it is. Our goal is to always be, always been to make the perfect set of cards, and we are still looking forward to that day. The errors mm -hmm. are corrected as quickly as possible. The variations are done at the request of the person on the card, and then only at the same time the errors are corrected. Had there not been an error cards or to corrected, the variations cards may never have been printed. Now, the obvious question, which cards will be the most valuable. So I know they say that, but I guess they didn't read that same line in 1991. No. <laughs> uh, the answer is the cards that were printed in the lowest quantity. Max does not release the actual printing figures on any other products, but we will tell Club Max members here and now that the first printing cards will definitely turn out to be the rarest of the bunch. Uh, we also come up with a way to help our collectors with who want every version of each card uh, that has been done by changing the packaging slightly. You can see examples of the three printings on the photos above. So basically there are three factory sets. There are four sleeves or there's a four wells and each of the wells have cards in them. There's a white box with red lettering. That's the first printing. The second printing is a red box with white logos and the third printing is a red box with yellow logos. And then on the wax packs, on the front of the wax packs where it says 15 collector's cards, it's in yellow. That's the first printing. If it's in black, it's the second printing. And then if it's in black with the number three or the Roman numeral three, that's the third printing. There's not a ton, I guess, of variations. I thought actually this list was going to be bigger than it was. I guess I'm getting uh, 1991. They just went, they went crazy, I think. But uh, yeah. Bobby Hillen, Ben Hines, Chuck Brown, Bill Engel, revisions introduced in the third printing, Mickey Gibbs, Davey Allison, Larry McClure, and the 60, number 69 checklist. So, so Logan, you got a ton of these in. Oh, my God. I can't tell you how many of those cards we opened up. And it's, it's, just, it's, just like, it's just like what with any kind of collation – like, you know, like tops, you, know, you, you open so many, you, you, you know, what cards are coming. Uh, you know, you, you knew that if you saw a, a Davy Allison or whatever, then a couple cards later, you're going to see a Dale Earnhardt or whatever. Um, so you it was very, it was a, it was a very predictable uh, collation run. But yeah, we opened, we, we literally opened up a, a ton of those cards. We had boxes, we sold them. Of course, you know, we, we would set up at card shows and, 
during this time, this was this was during the time when we were transitioning between we had we had baseball and racing that we were doing, and we were starting to transition because racing was so hot. We were starting to transition more towards racing, and it was really cool because you know people would come up to us with stuff. To, you know, you want to buy? So it was it was a great time to be uh, collecting racing cars. That's awesome. So they also in the Max Facts they talk about is about changing packaging. The scheme may seem a little ridiculous, but this option would have been, but the option would have been to leave the packaging identified for all three printings, which would make it very frustrating and expensive for our collectors to get all three versions on each card. This way, at least they'll they'll know which card should be in each package. Also, there's another version. This uh, there's a tin box that is a special glossy edition sold through the Max Mail Order Division. Uh, they have not been corrected, changed, or revised in any way. So I think they're all first first run. Everyone who owns a 200 card glossy set has the has a rare first printing of original cards. It is possible Max may eventually revise those eight cards for the glossy set. If so, club members will be the first to know. Yeah. Also, keep in mind during this time, there was no differentiation between. Uh, hobby and retail it, it was just all you know all the all the packaging was the same it was you know you had no hobby there was no distinction no special cards no chase cards in, in either printings or anything like like we have now it was just like i said it was just one single printing for hobby stores and for the retail stores so were people buying you know the davy allison's and the dale and hertz or they're wanting to build sets <sighs> Do you even remember? You might not even remember. I really don't remember, but I, you know, I can, I can speak to, to you know, my, my collecting habits is, you know, we, we would do sets and we would hand collate sets from these cards and, and, and make, make, make them to, you know, to sell or trade back then. So one other set of cards that came out in 1990 is the Holly farms cards. That was a 30 card set, different numbering, than the base set so you would know plus it has the holly farms collect um what's the logo on it holly farms logo with the chicken yeah i think it's got like a wheel on it uh like a tire and then there's also contest cards and you got that at your grocery store uh the max facts said something about being kind uh, and nice to your butcher as they didn't think they were going to get any sets to sell to club members so the only way to get the Holly Farms cards were through Holly Farms or through the promotion. Yeah, well, I mean, I can expound a lot on these. I have a lot. Have a you, lot. Like, you, like chick, you like chicken? <laughs> well, I, I've got several stories. Uh, the first story I'll tell is actually when the cards came out, being able just to acquire the cards themselves without any kind of mail order or anything like that. They came packaged in the boxes of the prepackaged chicken and prepackaged meat that they sold back then, right? So, uh, what happens when you go to the grocery store and you see see the the guy in the meat department putting out chicken? He's got a big old box. He opens up on, on his on his cart. He throws the chicken out there in into the cooler, and uh, you know then he goes back to the back. Well, what what was happening is, and I, and I, it was amazing to me how many people did this. People were these 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 guys in the meat department were opening up these boxes. They'd see these cards inside the 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 packaging. They would just take them and flip them and just chunk them up on top of the cooler, right? And they you know they just didn't care. And then they go on about their business. That's how they got that's how they got rid of them. I I I, I learned that you know and uh, I went to like every grocery store I could, and you would be amazed how many of those cards I was able to find. By by looking up above on the very top of the cooler, uh, where they had just thrown those cards up there, it, it was it was amazing how many I found. I mean, it, I remember one store; it was a Kroger, and I, I probably found 18, 20 packages of those things, and they come three to a pack. And, and I thought I'd hit the dang lottery <laughs> back then. Well, I made me think of you know everybody uh, collecting now, you know, waiting in line, and uh, it'd be cool to see. Uh, like a food issue. I know Oots had their their set, but they didn't do it this year. I was curious to see how uh, it would be with with kind of the new, more 
you know, more people collecting cards, how that would be with the Oots. But it sounds like uh, 2021 tops, they didn't, they didn't do that. So, so Logan, I, I think you've got quite a few of those sets that you don't see them a lot. I know, I think they're out on checking my cards. I don't think they command big prices, but it's a cool little set. Yeah, it's it's thirty cards. Uh, of course, Dale Dale Earnhardt's in there. He that's of course by far the best card. You've got Richard Petty in there as well, and you know Davy Allison's in there. You know, there's it, it, it's it's an all driver set, so it, it's a it's a great it's a great set to collect. But man, condition if you don't take care of those things with the black borders, they just get all all banged up and chipped up, and uh, any any the least little chip you can see on that blackboard i totally forgot about that yeah that's one of those things where if you're trying to make a psa set or you know kind of like the 1991 tops uh or the 1989 winter circle with with those black borders but uh it looks like you could send in holly farm special offer send your name address along with two proofs of purchase from either holly farms fully cooked roasted chicken or ground filet chicken plus three dollars shipping and handling um that's kind of expensive how many i didn't do that no, no, but I'm just saying though, if you did, uh, you how many? It was like three cards to a pack. You'd need ten packs. Oh, you you want to hear the other story? It, it relates to this. Sure. All right. So, what's not talked about here is they later had a deal where if you send it sent in a self-addressed stamped envelope, you could get a pack of those cards for free, and. It was it was limit one per person, not one per household, but one per person. So guess what? I had a lot of persons sending in for <laughs> sending in for these cards. Not to mention my cat Coco, my cat Mookie. Tyler did it. He was an infant. Uh, I sent in tons. All big of collectors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was hilarious, man. And I got them back. And of course, I put on. I put on the the return, you know, the the name, and and I've got those envelopes around here somewhere. I have got to find them. Uh, that would be awesome because I saved them. <laughs> but there, there's ones that say Coco Ward, Mookie Ward, Tyler Ward. I mean, I had my dad. I mean, I did everybody, and I got tons of those cards that way, man. It was great. So they they talk in the article that we can, however, clear up that one false statement being published that. 7.3 million cards were, were printed. Uh, that is wrong. The cards were packaged three to a pack for the game. The odds of winning the loan grand prize was one in 7,300,000. Plus, there were many complete 30-card sets made for Holly Farms. Employees did not contain any chance of prize-winning cards. Uh, these are wrapped in clear cellophane. There were significantly more three packs than 30 packs, which uh, take the total number of cards much higher than the currently being reported. Uh, yeah. High Farms was surprised at the number of calls and letters they received from collectors wanting these cards. They were probably had no idea what they were getting into when they started this game plan. Due to the tremendous response, Holly is now making a special offer to the public which has been printed in a couple of daily papers. The exact details are below. Uh, the initial response of collectors has been to get a hold of these cards, regardless of the uh, regardless of the cost. Uh, that may be a little premature. With the number of cards out there, prices won't stay sky high forever, especially when the truth replaces the rumors. But on the other hand, nobody knows, not even Holly, exactly how many cards actually made it into distribution and weren't thrown out in the trash or mangled during shipping. Uh, with all the cards, time will tell, but our advice to club members is, yes, you should try to get a set, but don't spend a fortune on it. You know, um, I'm looking at the PSA pop report for that. You know, There's only 39 cards have been graded. That's all. Wow. And there is one prize card that's graded. Yeah, so... Say that again about a price card, a prize card. Right. I mean, you could get. Uh, they had different prizes that you could you could win. Like I think one of them was a binder for the set. Uh, I think there was a. I think there was a grand prize. I, don't, I can't remember if it was a trip or whatever it was. But there were several prize cards that were in those packs as well. It, but, I think I remember seeing that on eBay. There was a complete set with the binder. So yeah, there were some different different versions. So there, I guess, was a ton of them. Yeah, I, I, 
you, you rarely see those things, but you know, again, it's one of those deals where, you know, Hey, it, you know, it's like what, what they did with checklists back in the day. I was, you know, surprise card, you know, well, whoop de do, you know, it's, it's for a binder who cares, you know, throw it away. They, they didn't care. Yeah. I mean, you got to unpack a chicken and if you, how many people actually tried to complete the whole set? And if you didn't complete the whole set, you know, did you keep them? Did you put them in? So I can't remember about that time for supplies, how you would try to keep something like these in really good shape, especially with the black borders. And then, you know, if they go into a drawer, they go into a card box and then eventually, you know, get thrown out or whatever, for whatever reason, because, uh, you know, in a future few years, you can have, a, you know, mass flood of products. And then a lot of people are going to leave racing collecting for whatever reason um you know next year in 91 you got tracks and pro set as max and all that stuff so there's so much more competition and again i think you know we were talking about rookies there's no mega superstars you know there's a lot of la so in 88 1988 there was a hundred card set in 1989 there were 220 cards so there's a large expansion. And so when you get to 1990, you know, it's about, about 30, 40, maybe rookies, but the biggest section of rookies was they added uh, broadcasters. So Winston Kelly, Eli gold, Barney hall, Mike joy, uh, Chris Economaki, Ken Squire, Jerry punch, you know, they all have rookie cards. Dick trickles in here. He's probably maybe one of the bigger names. Uh, Logan, Jason, I'm missing anybody. No, I mean, um, so there's no, you know, so. there's no Dale Earnhardt rookie or, you know, something like that to, to make this a massive draw where it's on everybody's, on everybody's list. But on the other hand, though, if you're into through TTM through the mail autographs, these are great. Again, you know, on the back, they have that right. big white bubble for autographs and a lot of these uh drivers crew chiefs are still with us to get autographed so uh this is one of those sets that uh, i have as a project to get autographed course i might have said it before where i was able to pick up a set that was probably about 90 percent already autographed you know i did my homework on it and and they all looked legit and then i've spent um, you know, the remainder of the time trying to get the rest of them autographed. And uh, one story is the Tony Spanos. He was in the 1990 set. He's from Australia. He, I guess, came over here to run, uh, try to make it in NASCAR and went back home. So uh, he was one of the ones where I had to get Australian postage and, and send off to. Um, it took a couple of tr tries, but I eventually was able to get him. I found him on the internet and he said, sure, he'd sign it. And uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, and then some of the other drivers, I think the only one I am missing is the Rob Moroso. Uh, naturally he had, I think he passed in 91. It was. Um, so I'm waiting for a good specimen of 1990 Rob Moroso to complete that. So signed on the back. But it's it's a great hey, going back to the sorry. No. Uh I was trying to find my invoice because I bought some of those Holly Farm sets earlier yeah. this year. I bought them from Cruck cards and I actually got the 30 pack. I didn't realize there was a difference at the time. Um I got 10 30 packs for about fifteen dollars shipped. Wow. Nice. So yeah, about a dollar fifty a set. And, but like you said, <clears throat> that 30-card set, that's perfect for somebody that likes to do through the mail because it's not too big, but it has the right people in it. It's kind of It's got a nice variety. Um, obviously, we, we spoke you know, through text or something at one point that the Dale Earnhardt would be a tough one, but you know, the rest of them would be, I think, fairly achievable. Uh, I don't have the checklist in front of me, but I think the rest of them were easier possibilities. I would believe, though, that, you know, that there are some Dale Earnhardt's out there. I think, you know, that's not a set that is impossible that you could get that completed uh, by picking up a Earnhardt on the secondhand market. You know, 
if you did your due diligence and and you know compared signatures and stuff like that. So uh, there might be a few other stars. But to your point, though, <laughs> I mean the price point is is so small. Uh, you probably end up paying more in in postage, <laughs> getting them through the mail than you did for the whole set. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and something else to note about these cards too is the card stock that they use to print the Holly Farms cards is a slightly thinner stock than the regular uh, 1990 issue. So you know, I didn't know that. I never understood why these sets were less valuable than the regular set because everything that you have to do to get them is seemingly more difficult. Um, you know, not in my, not in my case, you know, 30 years later buying for dollar 50 a set, but at least at that point in time, you're getting three card packs. And like you were saying, Val, how much did you spend? Cause it was $3 shipping. Then you had to buy the food, the chicken, you know, and it's, I never understood because you had to put so much more money into these and they never held the base set would. And that's not just for racing. That's for hostess and post cereal and all those things for baseball. It just always amazed me. Yeah. I don't know if it's because it's, it's a variation of the base set. Then that there's a lot more base set collectors, but that brings up a great point, you know, trying to put one of these set sets together at the time would have cost you, you know, a lot. And you have that, the hunt for it, the cost for it, you know, trying to get one of those prize cards was probably very tough. And then, you know, trying to get a, a binder set that the max, and that was kind of the, all the rage, I guess, back in the late eighties, early nineties, where they, the companies were also producing binders for these sets. Yeah. You know, Cause I, is there a 1990 max binder? I think there is. Uh, and, yeah, there and, is. and I think the Holly farms was one of those smaller, was it a four card or something like that? It was a smaller binder, but it's got the big Holly farms logo on it. It's pretty cool. Black with that yellow logo. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, think, think about it. I mean, like the 89 winter circle cards. I mean, that binder is tough. That's, that's only with the came with those, uh, factory sets that they gave to the drivers. So the, the you know the binders were highly collectible back then. Yeah, I'm looking on eBay on prices. They still there. might be now. Yeah, I think I can't find any on eBay. So either dumped them or somebody's sitting on them. I think when I saw that a few years ago, they were they were wanting a lot of money for that set in the binder. Uh, that's probably why I didn't pick it up. But again, there you know it's a nice card. Again, it's a different numbering scheme. And a different logo on the front, but it's basically the same thing. So I guess we can wrap up the 1990 Max. Anybody, any final words on 1990 Max? Again, I think the set prices aren't very uh, much for the factory sets. And we talked about how to distinguish each one of them. Uh, the Max Fact says that Series 1 was printed in lower numbers than the second or third printing. I'm just looking at pricings here. Uh, tin set, that's the metal, black tin set. That was about $25 for the glossy. Uh, there was a lot of seven different sets for $18 plus 14 shipping. So you can buy one of each of the factory sets, and uh, you'll have all the different versions. Again, if you're interested in through the mail, this would be one of the sets to do that. I guess the only trick would be trying to get them to sign on the back. When I was working on my project, I would put a little sticky note to please sign in the back on the in the box or the bubble or whatever it was. So yeah, that, that was a great set. I mean, I, I enjoyed 1990. Like you said, that was the last year before we had the explosion of multiple manufacturers and Max lost their exclusive. But it was uh, it was fun, and like I said, I have vivid memories of chasing those things with my family. Uh, back then, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, those are the the memories about you know the, the collecting those sets and stuff. I remember uh, late December buying boxes of Topps baseball cards, you know, and putting those sets together at the end of you know the the year. So whatever, nineteen ninety, you know, in the end of eighty nine, putting those nineteen ninety sets together, or whatever. So, but yeah, it's, it's part of the fun of some of yeah. that. So. And and you you talking about autographs? Looking on eBay, there is a Dale Earnhardt autographed Holly Farms 
uh, card number one, Max card. Um, the autograph looks good to me. How much is it? Uh, yeah, I just buy saw it now. It. How, how much just is it, Jason? It. I think once I just I took it off the screen. I think it was one seventy five. Yeah, one seventy nine. Yep. It's certified. It's not certified. Okay. But it looks it looks good, and it looks like he did it in a hurry with a not so good sharpie. It was kind of dried out a little bit. Yeah, I saw that too. So there you go. I mean, that tells you, and, you know, there's a Kale Yarborough out there that's autographed. Uh, Dale Jarrett, Ned Jarrett. There's a lot of, there's several autographed ones out there on eBay right now. I think Ned still signs to the mail and Dale Jarrett signs. can't remember if Kale Yarborough still signs to the mail or if he stopped. He personalizes everything now. This is true. He does. He he, he does it on purpose. I'll, I mean, I love Kale Yarborough, but he can be a real, you know what? That's, yeah, I, I know. That's uh, for another show. Uh, yeah, we could talk. We could talk about si NASCAR signers. Make a whole show of that. <laughs> yes, we could. I don't know if we want to talk about that or not, but <laughs> um, but um, I think we'll wrap up the 1990 Max and uh, NASCAR news breaking today that Trackhouse is purchasing Chip Canassi Racing, and so that. Track house for those who don't remember, that's John Marks and the musician Pitbull. They're based out of Nashville. Daniel Sorez is their driver right now. So it's going to be interesting, uh, you know, thinking about cards and futures. Daniel Sorez is definitely boosts and helps their team. So this definitely helps Daniel Sorez. Uh, Ross Chastain and Kurt Busch are current drivers for Chip Canassi. This does not uh, take effect until the end of the season, but so that puts Ross Chastain and Kurt Busch into play. I think during Daniel Suarez has been confirmed to continue on with track house. So very interesting. Uh, Chip Canassi has been in Indy for quite a long time and he's been in NASCAR for quite a bit of time as well. So we will see. I, I think this is a good move definitely for track house. Chip Canassi, they, they haven't had the greatest runs, I guess, in the beginning of the season. They've, had some good finishes lately. So they were talking about, I think it was Bob um, Pacas was talking about that it helps Trackhouse with some engineering and uh, data and stuff like that, even though they're going to the next gen next year. I, I don't know. I think it's a good thing. I'd like to see Trackhouse do well naturally with Daniel Suarez and stuff. So uh, Daniel Suarez, I think his rookies are in 24. 14 total memorabilia, I believe. Yeah, he's got some of those cut autographs and things too. Now, a funny story sorry, on him is when he was with Joe Gibbs Racing, I had sent like two or three off one year, didn't get anything back, sent another two or three back out the next year, didn't get anything back. And then I guess it was a few years ago, they all started coming back. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's happened to me several times too with, with various drivers. I mean, they'll be gone for years. It's like, I totally forgot all about these things. And then also they show up in the mail. <laughs> oh, you're going to like this Logan. I saw today, Kirk Chipperdine, uh, somebody after four years, they got back from Kirk Chipperdine. Wow. Man. So, so he, he's kind of, I'm going to say he's elusive, but um, really don't know. He's not really in NASCAR. He won multiple championships as crew chief for Dale Earnhardt senior. So he should actually be in the Hall of Fame already, but um, he was on there one year and they pulled him off. I, I expect him to be in the Hall of Fame here soon, but I think he's the only crew chief with multiple wins that's not in the Hall of Fame currently. Yeah, because they've got Dale Inman and uh, Everham in there right now. So I have to do a little more digging and see what address they had for him. He's in um, the 88 Max set on the Tire Wars card. And then he's got his own card in 1989 Max. So not deviate, but uh, yeah. So the news about Trackhouse purchasing Chip Canassi Racing. So to keep an eye on Ch Ross Chastain cards, Kurt Busch. Uh, Kurt Busch, future Hall of Famer, cup champion. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's another another person whose rookie cards are really inexpensive right now as well. Because yeah, his rookie was, he was in 2000. So he was in, I think, Max and SP and several issues back then. Yeah, on that same note, I mean, 
cards rise and you know fall depending on popularity or uh, publicity. People like Jimmy Johnson, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I know he's on broadcasting now, and I guess he's got a new season coming out. But uh, come January, he's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So there's going to be a big push then, I would imagine, for his stuff. So I think it's kind of the summer. I always see NASCAR in the cycles where uh, the beginning of the season, there's you know a lot of activity on cards. In the summer months, it kind of is, I guess, sporadic. Or not as high in demand, and then in the fall when we get into playoffs and stuff, uh, it seems to be more demand. So definitely want to buy on the dips, and and if you're going to sell, sell on the high. So yeah, I, I think that uh, Nashville is just a stone throw up the road for us. I, if they if they move their shop to Nashville, uh, I'm gonna have to make a trek up there for that. Yeah, so I think they're in Nashville, and they were talking actually about either moving the shop right there. In the part of town that's very popular, I guess, with the, I want to say country bars or country uh, bar slash concert places. We've seen front row motorsports succeed outside of Charlotte when they were in Denver, I believe it was. Uh, otherwise, the majority of the teams are located in the Charlotte area. So, yeah, you were talking, not to, not to get off on something else, but you're talking about, uh, uh, the 78 team being in, in Denver, uh, I was out there about five years ago installing a, a, a phone system. And uh, one day I decided just to take off a little bit early and I went out and found their, uh, found their, their shop, which was, it was just like, you wouldn't believe it. it was like in some kind of industrial part of town. And I walked in there through the front door and there wasn't a soul there they had you could get you could pick up hero cards and stickers and all kinds of stuff but they had a radio blaring in the back and they were all in the back working and and i just kind of, and they had cameras and stuff you know and i'm looking around going hey i'm here <laughs> but nobody nobody ever came to the front so i i was really nice you know because they had they had the flag from when they won their first poll they had they had the flag from when they when they won the uh Southern 500 displayed there. I mean, if I I could have put a mask on and walked out with all this stuff, and I don't think they'd have ever know. But put, put a few hundred dollar bills up there and thought it was the gift shop. Yeah, so, but no, I just grabbed me some some hero cards because uh, this is Truex was driving at this time. Some uh, some hero cards and some stickers and stuff. So yeah, it was it was cool because I just kind of looked around at all their all their stuff they had out there, and their, and it wasn't really a big shop at all. I mean, it was it was a fairly modest shop. It's not like the Braj Mahal's that they have now, you know. Now, the only thing that I've ever heard about, you know, having all the teams close together was that you had a bigger talent pool for the shops. You know, when you're out in Nashville trying to get filling positions for the shop, mechanics, engineers, all that good kind of stuff. I guess it's easier to get stuff um, in Charlotte as well as they have the technical Institute, the NASCAR technical Institute here as well. Um, that's turning out um, graduates as well. So we'll see. I mean, it, it front row was able to pull it off. So and, and won the championship as well. So uh, we'll see how they do in Nashville, but I think, you know, hear a lot of good stuff about Nashville as one of the big up and coming cities in the South. So oh, let me tell you, we went, we went to um, to Nashville for the race course a couple weekends ago, and um, of course we went back into town to, to go get some get some White Castles. As everybody knows by now, I'm a White Castle fan. But you would not believe that I think the uh, the official bird of uh, of Nashville is the crane, because there are there are construction cranes <laughs> everywhere there. I, I I think I counted I think I counted like at least 15 or 16 different cranes at different locations building things. That city is fixing to explode. And I don't think they have the infrastructure road wise to handle it. So when you were saying that, I mentioned, I thought about that when NASCAR finishes the season, they award the money and, and the, you know, stuff to the teams that used to be in Las Vegas, but they've moved that to Nashville. They did last year, but of course with COVID and everything, yeah, I wanted to go, but that. So hopefully this year, maybe I can go. 
we'll see. Because that's an event that you can actually they ha they'll have drivers uh, doing autograph signings and stuff like that. That you can actually you can actually buy tickets for that stuff. So yeah, you can be in the nosebleed seats, but heck, who cares? Just to be there would be awesome. Well, it's kind of like when we go to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. We're you know in the back or on the sides or whatever. We're not up front, but uh, we're in the room and getting autographs and stuff. So yeah, except from Jeff Gordon. It, that, again, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I you say Kurt Busch. <laughs> oh, yeah, again, that's a whole nother episode. We'll save so, those stories for right. later. All right. Well, we're going on here, and I'm sure uh, we've bored everybody. So, but I think that's we're going to wrap it up. I don't know, gentlemen, if you have anything more we missed or we need to talk about. Uh, if you do, that's fine. I don't want to rush anybody. But I'm good. I'm good. I think it's been a great show. No, nope. Jason. Uh, I do not know. I think I froze on you because I said no, but no. Well, that's fine. Pretty well. <laughs> well, that's fine. Awesome. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope uh, you got some valuable information out of it. Uh, again, please like and share the podcast. Share NASCAR trading card with your friends. And we will see you next week.